Hello and welcome back to XDrive Megabox. I'm one of your hosts, journalist and real life big daddy, James Ide, and I'm joined. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend and colleague. Hello there. I am Michael. How are <laughs> you, James? A, there was a pause where it's like, my name is. Uh, I'm very good. Uh, it's always good Robot to Michael have a nice, is in the house. Uh, it's always good to have a, a nice chat with you about gaming and stuff. So likewise. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about the best games or our favourite games of all time. Um, if they are our favourite, they've got to be the best games of all time, surely by absolute definition. Yeah, and of so, course, my taste is absolutely uh, unequivocal. We are in sync. We are yeah. in sync. Oh God, it's going to be so funny when we, we like completely <laughs> different things. you got Hello Kitty on there, right? Yeah, of course. Of no, course. Well, there we go. We're in sync i got already. Danganronpa, Rampa, I've got... Hate for boyfriend and all this sort of stuff. Oh my god, for boyfriend. Well, okay. Um, so, firstly, yeah, how are you doing? And what have you been? Uh, what have you been playing over the Christmas period? As we've yeah. just had a, we've just had Christmas. We've just said goodbye to twenty twenty. We're yeah. now in twenty twenty one. So happy New Year! I haven't said it to you yet. So happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, saving it for the happy podcast. Uh, what oh, were you so playing joyful. over the Christmas period? You know what? You know, I, I thought I would absolutely pile on the gaming over the over the Christmas period, but I found that shockingly, when you have your toddler at home all the time, you don't you don't have an opportunity to play so much. Um, so that. yeah, so odd. Um, but I did a bit of cyberpunk. I did a bit of. I bought a new. A, I think one or two new games. I got um, Journey to Savage Planet. Have you heard of this? I have yes. So it's from last year or a couple of years ago, and uh, and that was that's been quite fun. I was attracted to by its very bright colours and running around doing explorey things and a tiny bit of shooting and a bit of puzzling. Nice. Um, what else? And I gave um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla another try. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that was. I've made peace with it. It was it was very boring to start off with, and now I've just had to. I mean, I find this with quite a few Ubisoft games, kind of these days. Do you have to just kind of, as long as you go in with no expectations, <laughs> and just wow. let them draw you on a little journey, then um, then it makes it slightly more enjoyable. I know what you mean. There's definitely something about sort of Ubisoft open world games at the moment. They they're good, but there's something something they're sort of missing they have their charm yeah, yeah yeah i suppose that's the best way to put it much more concise um, than i was putting it i mean i i really loved um odyssey odyssey was really good because it's really really well written yep. and um you know it's in ancient greece but but this one i just i can't click with it but you just have to kind of flow along with it it was the same with their snowboarding game they made a big snowboarding game called steep i thought oh my god i haven't had a good snowboarding game in absolutely years i wanted you know um ssx like they used to have like yeah. extreme snowboarding i thought oh my god we really need one of those and they bring it out and it's kind of a like foofing around mountains kind of wistfully enjoying the the sunrise off the mountains and things like this which you think i'd be really up for given last last time's episode but um <laughs> but i was i was kind of quite disappointed until i kind of just accepted it for what it is 
and had a little roll around. It's just very boring, <laughs> like surprisingly boring for an extreme sports game. That's fair enough. I've, I found that with the past few um, uh, Ubisoft games I've played. I, I played uh, Watch Dogs recently, and the only thing yeah, yeah. I enjoy about that is the fact I'm driving around London, and I do like the idea of the number of people you have that you've recruited are your sort of lives. I'm using yes, quotes. Here. Yes, um, I like that, but the gameplay is repetitive and it's boring <laughs> and yep. go here hack a thing don't get seen oh you were seen go in combat dodge dodge punch down they go it's just like man it's not really yeah that interesting and before that i remember a while ago reviewing ghost recon which i was really looking forward to and uh yeah it was just sneak around kill a bunch of guards take <laughs> over a little tech complex move on to the next area Kill a bunch of guards, don't get seen, fight a drone. And it was just, I don't know. It was like building blocks. It was just dull. <laughs> like, I, I really wanted to like it and I, I got some joy out of it, but I don't know. I tried replaying it a while ago and just, meh. Yeah. Um, I, I do find it really strange because they, for a while, they were real, real kind of kings of those kind of story driven games. Yes. But they also mechanics. didn't really develop on them. So they 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 kind of reached a point, and then they didn't uh, innovate much. So that's why all of these Ubisoft kind of games feel similar. And that's like go here, get a tower or whatever it is. Like unlock yeah. this area, do all the quests here, move yeah. on to the next one. And it's just like it's quite boring. Yeah, I can I can deal with it a few times, but fuck me, every every game <laughs> they release just feels like that now. It's like. The, the cookie cutter, and of course there was um, all the horrible allegations of uh, you know what horrible, sexist, and awful. Oh uh, yeah, the culture as well. The culture. So that must have an effect. That must have an effect because there is a lot of kind of you, you see it in altern- alternating games. There's macho posturing uh, yeah. a lot in in uh, in the Egypt one and in the in the Vikings one. And they yeah. did some really strange things in the Vikings one, but but then. You have this nice little gems of Syndicate and Odyssey in the middle, which are really lovely written and um, a very a, a kind of slightly more progressive LGBTQ and all this sort of stuff. Mm. So, and then they regress with the next game. Um, and then it's it is absolutely bizarre. We've gone. Yeah. For, I, I realise we've gone very deep very early on. <laughs> so that, reel it back out. Reel it back out. <laughs> what um, have you been playing? Yeah, to lighten things. Uh, so over Christmas, I've been playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077, as you know, uh, the game that everyone loves to hate. Uh, I'm still enjoying it, although I've just come across my first sort of uh, possibly game-breaking bug. I've, I basically got Ooh. a quest uh, that I can't finish, which is irritating the shit out of me. I'm trying to find another way of doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, the game's received a few updates and, like I said, still mostly enjoying it. Um, it's really great if uh, in the evening I've not got a lot of time. It's nice to play something where the quests are quite... They can be very long, but they can also yeah. be quite punchy and short. Or if yeah. I don't feel like doing a quest, I can just go around murdering murderers, being a vigilante. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and like, crafting cool kit and levelling up my character. How far uh, so through been... are you now, then? Are you How many hours would you say? Like, 10, 15 or I have more. no idea. I, I... Okay. Fine. I've avoided so for a long time. I was avoiding the main quest, but I've just started doing it, which annoys me even more that the that this bug has popped up because okay. I was it's ignoring in the, main the main quest for so long, and now I'm like, no, let's crack on. I'm enjoying the game. 
uh, because also there's so many updates coming and I was delaying because I wanted, you know, obviously the better yeah, version of the nice experience. experience. But what I might do is just delete my save at some point and start again when, when the updates come. <laughs> because I, That's I'm really, really bad. That is well, pretty damning. No, 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 as in not delete the save because I can't do the quest. Delete the save because if there, if lots of, if the no, patches you'd want to... and the updates are that good, or, yeah, yeah. or or change the gameplay in any way, then I'd rather have the better version of the experience. I don't know. I'm still. Yeah, thinking I, about I, it. I, I know. I know what you mean. I get what you mean. Uh, I've also been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is really fun. I'm enjoying it, but I recently got to an area which kind of made the map open out even more. Oh and I went, oh god, I don't have time for this. Fuck that. Which is a shame because I absolutely love the game. Really do. It was my game of the year for the mirror, and uh, yeah, I stand by that. It's just it's so big, and my time is so limited. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Call of Duty, but uh, it's, it was the Modern Warfare one from last year, so not the not the Vietnam and, and not Vietnam. Warzone. What am I talking about? Not war. No, not Warzone. Although it but wasn't comes with one. it. Okay. Yeah, I've only been playing the single player because my brother bought it for me, so I could play it with him, which was uh, cute, which was cool. Uh, I also got the Tony Hawk remake. Yes. Which I was really into the Tony Hawk games back in the day, um, but playing it on the Xbox, oh my god, I am so Are you still bad? I'm so bad. <laughs> it's so upsetting. I used to be, I used to be pretty good at that game. Not amazing. All my mates were way better, but we used to just sit around all day. Oh God! Doing all Have kinds you, of stupid things, and then playing Tony Hawk, and that was all we did when I was a teenager. And I suck at it so bad now. Like just landing, the amount of times my timing is so off and slow, and it's what, not when, the game. It's a hundred percent me as an old man with old man reactions. I'm just ah, oh, just absolutely failing and bailing the, every single time. The mechanics of the game time. have changed. I'm sure the mechanics have changed. Ah, oh, you're too kind. No, it's me. It's a hundred percent me because I've got that muscle memory where I'm like, oh, I should be doing this and I should be landing uh-huh. this, but I'm fucking up. Hard. Have, have you gone into the controls and and uh, and looked up how you do manuals yet? Because they added <laughs> manuals in. No, which I, I in the originals, right? I, I no, the manuals were in. Were they in the two and stuff, yeah. yeah. Right, so right, right. Okay, fine. they're still there. In fact, they are even easier now than they were, but I still suck at them. Um, Brilliant. So, yeah, I'm still working out how to play that. I recently bought, like, literally, what, about a week ago? I think I told you I bought Death Stranding. Oh, yes. And I brought Detroit Become Human, uh, both <gasps> games I'm enjoying. Um, Ooh, Detroit's try- a bit menacing and a bit upsetting, but it's okay. good. I haven't got very far in any of these. And Death Stranding, I've only been playing for, like, 20 minutes. And Fine. So far, I really enjoy it. I mean, the plot makes zero sense, and it assumes that you know a lot about the world, and I'm hoping it'll elaborate, but because it's a Kojima game, it probably won't. Like, There's just loads of things. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you that, mean. And loads of terms they don't expect. I had to look, look up terms like for repatriated and things like that, yeah. and the yeah. cryptobytes, like, why and what the hell are they? And Yeah. Oh, just so many things where I'm just like, what does that mean? And why is that? And what does that mean? And why is that? And oh, just so much. So yeah, that that's uh, I'm really uh, wanting to to get to dig my teeth into Death Stranding because you were one of its ardent supporters, and uh, I've been talking to a few people. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I didn't think you'd you'd have actually played it, but I'm happy, even if it's just like the very start. 
I'm happy that uh, it's at least prov- uh, been intriguing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I've been really dying to dig out my uh, SNES Mini and play some Chrono Trigger, Link to the Past, yeah. and Earthbound. Oh my god, I haven't had the time. And I've got what, a few. Did you get that over Christmas? Or no, no, no. That... I've had it for ages. I just kept okay. meaning at uh, Christmas. I kept meaning to dig out the. Well, I say dig out. It's literally behind me on a shelf uh, to plug in the uh, the SNES Mini and really have some time on it. But just any time I do have is. If it's not obviously doing stuff with Nate, it's doing work things. And if it's not doing work things, then it's been playing Death Stranding or Cyberpunk or Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're the main ones. Oh, or it's one so other game which is on well. my list. And I won't tell you what it is, but it is number one of my list Ooh. Of, of the best game of all time, which Ooh. people are going to hate me for because it's. Mm. I hope it's not Yakuza again. <laughs> well, wait and see. Okay, okay, fine, fine. We'll see. <laughs> Speaking of lists. Yeah, shall we crack on? Yeah, okay. Uh, would you like to go first as I've just been talking out of my face well, do, hole? Did, did you want to do the, your newsy bit? Oh, shit. Yes. Do you want to, to show you two, two, a little bit of news? Yes. Like, I was. I only had one thing, which was I was very excited when I saw the KFC console. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought like five that was people quite a move. messaged me about that, and I think you were one of them. And I thought it was really weird. And and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a real console. It's a real console." And it's like, it looks. Why do they say? Uh-huh. It looks like a PC case that can also cook chicken. Like, that's what it looks like to me, especially that it's a cool master one. So I was like, okay, yeah. you've just built a PC around a, you know, deep fat fryer or whatever it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very weird. I, I I was meaning to, like, message the PR that put that out and be like, uh... Please can we test this? Can I see it? Like, because they, they insist... There isn't, any, there isn't any machine in there, though, right? It is literally just a heater. A f- like a fancy heater for the chicken. I mean, the I PR. That's the, that's the deal. It looks like a fancy. The PR makes a big deal about like that it's a real console, and and what I think it is, I think it is just a like a chicken heater, but I think it's a PC case that's just been built around one, because you know PCs right. can come in any shape or size really. So I think it's yeah. that. Um, okay, I think it's fine. you know, that's what I think it is. But until I. Until I get an exclusive hands-on uh, for for Xbox, for Xbox, for X Drive, Megabox, uh, or for the Mirror, or for what are the other things I do? Um, yeah, I won't know. But many, when I know, many pies, <laughs> many, many finger-licking pies. I'm glad you said fingers. <laughs> like, I yeah, thought you could yeah, say something else. Oh, dear Lord. Um, so, as for my news, um, there's a black PS2 inspired. PS5 design that's going on Lovely. sale for a web website called um, it's called kind of super but it's spelt with numbers as well uh, we could put it in the show notes I suppose so cool, totally um, cool. 649 uh, pounds I believe or maybe it was dollars actually but it's a really sleek beautiful looking PS5 it basically solves my biggest issue with the uh, the PS5 as in it looks so good it's dollars sorry I do have it open it's dollars it's dollars yeah, $649. Um, but the console looks so good. Like, why on earth did Sony not do this the first time? I've sent it to you, so, like, what What do you think, man? You've got a PS5. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, I was just saying, like, it doesn't solve the... 
other problems of <laughs> it being absolutely huge plastic beast and the controller likewise but it still has it the does fins look a li- lot well. more accessible yeah they're smaller it does though look more acceptable um, it looks like you know it looks like one of those uh like people with their collars popped up yes yes <laughs> it looks like yes. that hey. yeah exactly like the fonz id console form yeah. which actually sounds pretty cool anyway and it is it looks incredibly cool it, it sounds cool <laughs> and they're going yeah, on yeah. sale on the 8th of this month um so yeah if you want one there's a limited number and they are gonna sell out super fast and honestly they look so good um so it's sup3r5.com yeah it's so bizarre such a weird yeah i know it's not easy to explain um and the (sighs) other uh bit of news is uh mods are appearing for cyberpunk 2077 which isn't news but the thing that is interesting is there was lots of content cut from the game when it released uh, that people Uh, are talking about digging into it's fascinating the amount of stuff that was cut but some of these mods are reintroducing cut content. Like there's some dialogue lines from characters that you could romance initially that you can't now, but they're bringing it back in because the lines are already in there and the animations are already there. There's like very little modding they have to do. As well as the third person camera, which is really funny if you've seen any videos from it. Because when your character stood still, the third person camera looks awesome, looks perfect. But because it hasn't been programmed in properly, it's missing animations. So like when you try and fire, your shoulder becomes all elastic and kind of comes away oh, from really? your body. And yeah, like loads of really janky stuff. That's that, so bizarre. It's just okay. because it's not officially made by CD Projekt Red. Right, I see, I see. Um, but this is the first iteration of the third person mod and there will be others, there'll be updates. And who knows, maybe even CD Projekt Red will add the third person camera back oh in. Oh my God, mate. Because initially- maybe they can mod it all to look like Skyrim. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there'll be people modding things like that and Thomas the Tank Engine appearing in yes. the sky and all that kind of good yeah. stuff. Thomas the Tank Engine. The mods are spaceships. pretty awesome. Um, there is some just uh, rude ones as well, but there's some very cool ones. There's some cheat ones as well. If that's, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really into that, but if you want to spawn any item in the game, <laughs> you can. Uh, you can do some really interesting, cool stuff. But uh, yeah, it would be cool to see some of this stuff modded back in, especially if the developers keep an eye on what the most popular mods are and take inspiration yep. from it because we've still got a few DLCs to come for the yep. for Cyberpunk and the multiplayer to come. Uh, I think the first DLC they said is going to be sometime early 2020, but hey, it's you know it's Cyberpunk. We might be but seeing it, it in 2077. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, so that's my news. Nice, lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I am still enjoying Cyberpunk. It's it, it's such a beautiful game. It really I have is. just found myself stopping and taking screenshots all the time. Oh, you should. And they de- you should. Sorry, you, to- you should check out the mods because there's some really amazing ones that like. And obviously, I know you can't get them for console yet, at least anyway. But yeah. some of them look so good. Like there was one that tweaked the performance, like lowered it ever so slightly, but. Yeah it meant that the streets were like 10 times more populated. Oh my God. So they were like way more, it basically made it. So the second uh, pedestrians or other characters, the second NPCs or cars are out of your line of sight. I think it's like two seconds or something, then they disappear. So you you don't see them disappear. And that memory is refreshed to bring you more people. And it just means the streets are just packed and it feels, Night City feels even more alive and vibrant and, it's just cool and the roads like not being kind of partially empty and you know it feels like yeah. a 
breathing city. Makes it harder to yeah. get around, but it's a city, so of course it would be. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. That that that, that sounds good. Like, did I'll I'll have to I'll look at videos and things because you know I'm on the bastard PS5, so I I I can't deal with any muddy things. But yeah, it's beautiful. I keep I'm I'm still on the main mission, and uh, I'm I'm still on the big heist bit. Oh <laughs> and, wow! And I, I just <laughs> I know I'm very early on. I really haven't played it that much. Um, but that's because I keep taking pictures of, oh, the, here's the hotel, here's the hotel lobby. Oh, these these androids are cool. And all this sort of stuff. Oh, it's the hard. photo mode is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's very pretty. <laughs> right. Very good. Do we want to do uh, games of all time? Top five games of all time. Michael, would you do the honours? So, uh, so one of the reasons I wanted to do this is is because uh, I mean obviously we can kind of learn a bit each other about each other's tastes through this, and you know it's a nice little trip down memory lane. Um, so I'm I'm just going to start off with kind of the most obvious one, which for me, which is Zelda Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and I presume this is on your list at some point. Uh, it's a magnificent game. I think I've piled about a hundred hours, which is a lot for me, into the game. I think my wife played it far, far more. 200, 250. Really? Uh, she absolutely loves that game. And uh, it was it was such a fantastic evolution of uh, Zelda. We did an entire, in my kind of previous podcast, uh, uh, Real Men Play Games. Um, uh, we did a whole episode on that. Uh, it's just a, an absolutely beautiful, stunning game. Um, and as incredibly impressed by how much they dared to evolve Zelda itself and the core mechanics of Zelda. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree with you there. Um, it really took Zelda in a, a new sort of direction while still being true to the series. Um, yeah. And, and to, to chose some really bizarre things, like bizarre yeah. things which then make sense. So, so the whole... Um, like design and architecture in the game, you know the the look of the the sentinels and the shrines and things. It's entirely left field, mm. but but um, but it makes creates sense a, it an amazing well. myth around it. Yeah, yeah, and the lore with it, and and some of the storytelling that you get within the game through the environment. Like, yeah, you know, the first time you come across a village, but it's like half buried in the like yep. mud and like everything's destroyed and it's just yep. the devastation it really hits home every now and again like oh my god Ganon like wiped nearly everything out and if you don't stop him like there will be more <laughs> he will do worse uh, it's absolutely brilliant um, and not to tread on you too much but I guess we could intersperse it so that that's one of your one of yours and one of mine from my list as you could probably yep. guess the my favorite game of all time is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it deals with the themes of exploration and history, and just there's a melancholiness to it that's just so beautiful. Like it's so yeah. many of the the pitter patter of raindrops. Yeah, so so many of the the art direction in the game is just stunning. Like wandering around a world that is mostly empty, it's just you still get so much joy in 
traversing the world, exploring the world, seeing beautiful things everywhere. It's just amazing. And it also, from a technical standpoint, it really pushes the Switch. And it does it so well. Like, instead of going, trying to look sort of realistic and that becoming dated, like Twilight Princess, and instead of going like the Wind Waker route of looking cartoony, they found a middle ground where it's like cartoony, but but still looks great. And it's just so good it's so satisfying to play the sort of in-world storytelling as we said um <clears throat> the the way that they took a series that had such a set way of doing things that was getting a little bit stale mm. and just completely rejuvenated the whole you know game just by taking inspiration yeah. from the first game in the series and it still feels very true to the series but takes it so much further than any other game ever has absolutely love it can't agree with you enough good should we do number two yeah Bizarrely, all of my other four uh, are much more nostalgic. I, I suspect that yours are as well. If if we've gone only back to twenty seventeen, uh, I tried to for... get. I tried to keep mine fairly modern, bar a couple Ooh. of games. Yeah, which I don't normally do. Fine, fine. Okay, yours will be a lot cooler than mine then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my second one is. Uh, it has to be Perfect Dark. Oh, good choice. But, for all of the, of the reasons we talked about last time, um, I did play GoldenEye a lot, uh, uh, but Perfect Dark. The campaign was really good. You had the the angle that it was a, an original IP, that they managed to somehow pull it all together with incredibly odd zany things in there, like uh, Elvis you the, know, alien, the the computer, Elvis the alien, the, the guns that shoot through walls, the far sight, far sight things. Yeah. God. so many good ideas well cool ideas anyway because you had rare then really coming into its own and it had done kind of banjo kazooie and all that sort of stuff well done all its cutesy stuff done its odd oh, the, the conquers bad fur day and all that sort of stuff and uh gone okay we're, we're kind of an adult game studio as well and then perfect dark was just it's very very cool and the multiplayer was absolutely sensational it was. the combination of all those things just came together so well um, trying to sort of one-up Goldeneye, which is an impossible a task. Feat in but, itself, but yes. fucking hell, if they didn't do it, I know it's just it was it was more fun because they could kind of um, be Less a bit looser. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely um, agree. Uh, so yeah, I've, I have to have that in there. Very very fond memories of uh, whacking my friend with a music stand while playing with it, playing it as well, um, because he was almost beating me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seb. <laughs> and that is why I don't play multiplayer games with you. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're probably safer now. We're we're kind of um, locked down and separated, yes. socially distanced. That's true. I'll just try and send viruses to your computer or something. <laughs> but yeah, no solid choice. Um, so for my number two game, I have picked Disco Elysium. Oh my god! I absolutely love this game. And I am not ashamed to say, like, it's so well written and it's so well done that there's parts of the dialogue in, in the game that have made me cry, that have just really touched me. Um, it's like there's so many themes to get into, like about 
psychology, mental breakdown, addiction, coping with the past, living with failure, just, and it's such a good RPG. Um, how to explain what it is? So you're a police detective and you are recovering from the mother of all hangovers when your own brain starts talking to you in different voices and different aspects of your personality start talking to you and you can through solving sort of quests and, and doing things out in the world you can level up these aspects of your personality and they become more dominant so if you put more uh, points into logic and authoritarianism you know you will you will sound and act in a particular way um, but you may then miss in conversation you may miss certain clues that require you to be more artistic or sensitive or conceptual so mm. uh, and all the characters are just awesome and flawed and the world is kind of dirty and grimy and you can play it very earnestly or you can just play it as a like some of the quests that your brain sets upon you sometimes are just like right you haven't drank in x amount of time why don't you have a why don't you have a drink and you can choose to ignore that voice or you can make it a quest and it sounds simple but it can become quite difficult also there are repercussions to some of the things you do and have done to yourself um some very literal um and it's just so so good hauntingly beautiful very powerful possibly the best written game i have ever come across and it's definitely not action based um there is combat very little but there is combat in the game but it happens pretty much in dialogue you get a lot of dice rolls where these particular stats or voices in your head come into play and you know they'll whisper suggestions and they'll tell you how to deal with someone so there's a bit where you're talking to a racist and you can you can try and reason with him or you can try and talk rings around him or you can try and physically assault him or you can you can adopt his ideas you can go hmm yeah i think you're right and that will change your character you can kind of be choose to become a racist it's so crazy you can you can go all in on the idea of communism and that affects your character and how he sees mm. the world um you have this thing called a thought cabinet which is where you basically invest time in thinking about certain ideas which sounds really boring but all you're doing is basically it's almost another way of distributing points and they give you bonuses and they shape your character um in yet another direction so mm. you could so you're kind of reinforcing ways of thinking yes exactly and they do give you certain buffs in conversations so uh i think my cop is quite uh, introspective and sensitive but certain things really mess him up and um there was one moment where uh, I just randomly picked up a notebook and I really don't want to ruin anything, but I picked up a notebook, examined the notebook, found out it was mine because you're an am amnesiac. So I, yeah. I realized the notebook was mine and then I got him to like break open the notebook and find an old photo in it. And the old photo like suddenly just reams of dialogue like about how he ruined his life and how, you know, he he loved someone once and they left him and it's his fault. And then my character just collapsed and died. It was just, oh but it was so like, well, actually, I think he collapsed. And then I had a warning somewhere in dialogue, like, don't do this again. You might not survive. And I did. And I died. Dear so I loaded Lord. the save. And uh, there was another bit where I met some hobos and they were really happy to see me. And I was talking to them and they were like, oh, you're, you're one of us. And they were just real losers. 
and you find out that yeah you you've met them before and they had a nickname for you and just they tell you this long story of things you've done and the damage you've done to yourself and others and so good like oh just really really touched me anyway sorry went on too much of a rant there very 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 good game nearly all dialogue based very dialogue driven very well written beautiful great i mean i've heard so many wonderful things about it i i did buy it over christmas but on the on the worst console there is which is the mac (laughs) yeah i mean it's probably I, I would argue it's better to play it on a on a Mac or PC than on a console, um, because it's just the it's way tricky. it's it's just the way it works. Yeah, you need a mouse, you need to click, you need there's just loads of dialogue that you need to read. Um, yeah, and it's not a game for everyone, but I found this game absolutely amazing. In case I haven't mentioned that. All right, number three. Is that what we're on? Uh, you. What was your number two? So mine was Perfect Dark. Yes. Yours was Disco, Disco Elysium, so which is three. fantastic. And I'm very. I'll just have to. I have to actually knuckle down and and actually play it on the computer. God forbid, with a laptop. A laptop. Anyway, it'll work. It'll work somehow. The magic will come back. So my third one is um, Assassin's Creed Two. Nice. And this is because, um, one, I was very excited about. I basically bought the PS3, was it, for, for, for Assassin's Creed 1. I loved the Prince of Persia's when they all came out. And this was basically Prince of Persia's with a bit of a historical bent, in that case in Jerusalem. And then they announced um, Assassin's Creed 2 while I was at university. They announced it was, I studied Italian. It was set in the Italian Renaissance. I love Justice. They put it to a Justice track, and I thought this is this is a game entirely designed for me. And you know, he's running around. He is uh, climbing up um, the Duomo in Florence, and uh, you know they're hanging out in Venice and Rome and all this sort of stuff uh, in uh, in uh, Renaissance Italy. And the the character in that game was fantastic. Like the the first Assassin's Creed. I don't know if you played it. It was very very dour. Like, they had a sort of idea of these kind of mechanics, um, but then it was very, very repetitive, and it was um, pretty serious. And then the second one is much, much more playful. Um, the guy, um, Ezio, is 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 um, uh, a bit of a lad himself, but <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not afraid to be silly, which I think is... is um, underrated in in the modern ones like the silliness really you know it's it it lifts it it's it makes it good fun like they they had a, a kind of leonardo da vinci's flying machine and then you could fly that around venice and ridiculous things like this and it was fundamentally about assassins so there was a lot of actual stealth gameplay god forbid um rather than the the kind of random just very very basic rpg stuff that they've got these days <laughs> So um so yeah it massively massively improved on the on the first one and it had a really good story really good characters and um and was set in Renaissance Italy and we all gathered around around the TV at Christmas my family and were watching kind of we were running up the Duomo and all this sort of stuff 
it was quite wonderful so so that that has to be in my top top five that probably would be like in my heart second to zelda let's say if we were ranking these um but but yeah definitely one of my favorites of all time nice that's a really good choice and i love that you you know your personal connection to it it's really good oh that justice track oh so good (laughs) so cool Um, oh my god so my my third uh, is XCOM um, or XCOM two to be specific, but the the Firaxis ones. So yes. the, the recent uh, versions of them. Although I did play the originals, um, really, really, really love those games. Um, especially XCOM two. You know, obviously the very high uh, high concept sci fi, the occupation vibe. So basically, all the stuff you yeah. did in in the first XCOM doesn't count because basically the aliens won they hit yeah. first I love how the game begins you're just so far on the back foot you know the enemy have got like plasma weapons and all these crazy gene things and you've just got you know pew pew guns and you're trying yeah. to like you do slowly but surely like every mission you win you become more powerful also you become so invested in your team um, sending out your what team of oh my god four or six now off the top of my head (laughs) but you get so invested and when you lose one because of course you know um permadeath is a thing permadeath yeah yeah so if if a character you've invested lots of time especially if you created them so i i made a lot of my friends on it and then i'd see you know my wife run into combat as a sniper and get completely murdered and i'm like oh oh my god and then you have to make the decision do you load the game or do you just carry on now what you should do is carry on but i'm awful and i would load the game because i feel like i'm accepting losing her so but absolutely loved it that's kind of romantic i guess (laughs) yeah i do tell her sometimes i made you in this game she's like great yeah was it the sims no 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 a game where people actually are in combat (laughs) see that alien you're just shooting his head off from like miles away like and she's like, oh, great. But um, I, I guess there are quite, quite Gamora um, par- yes. uh, parallels there anyway. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just loved how it took turn-based uh, games, which have been done to death. They're still great, yeah. and I really do yeah. love those games, but they've been done to death, and took them and made them cinematic. So, you know, you had the kill cams, and you had, you know, when your character ran around a corner, the camera yeah. would go all, like, you know would follow them and they'd be shooting and you'd get like the kind of kill cam view and it just looked yeah. stunning and and they did streamline a lot of the mechanics which did take a little bit from it but made the game a lot faster paced which i think is a big yeah. problem with turn-based games they can be very slow and i think if you strip them back enough they can be quite punchy so yeah they, that, that, they had a great story uh, great themes great mechanics great game and they built, but they built such drama into it. Like oh, they weren't yeah. afraid to absolutely screw you. Oh god! By you know, in the first few level, well, I, I think I was playing for some reason. I was playing on iPad. I don't know why, but um, but um, yeah, like I, I'm terrible at games. That's why I talk about them rather than <laughs> rather than actually play them. I'm t- I'm so bad. I'm play it on easy mode. So I was just absolutely murdered on that on that game. Because they just pop up behind you, like they they go, oh, they're they're you know you were facing this way, that you've you've kind of uh, you, you there are three aliens in front of you, and you're like, okay, finally I've got into perfect position, and then they just beam one in just behind you, oh, yeah. and uh, there's a there's yeah. a rage that everyone who's played XCOM understands, and it's basically ninety five percent. It's when you're pointing, it's when you're point blank at an enemy, and you've got like yeah. a ninety five percent chance to hit. 
and your character misses. <laughs> and then you just throw the controller or mouse or whatever it That's is out amazing. the fucking window and you turn the game off and you don't come back to it for oh, a little man. while because it happens. Oh, so good. It's a very real thing. It never happens to the computer. No, no, no. All no. his shots land from miles away yeah, using only a pistol and they get criticals yeah. and they kill my wife. But my shots, which are point blank with a shotgun, which is not possible to miss, yes, yeah. they miss, and that's a turn. We on. are the ninety-five percent, and then I get murdered. Like, and then I watch the rest of my team get slaughtered because one guy couldn't make one ninety-five percent shot. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> Um, okay, number four. Yep. These, I mean, I, I, for some reason I'm surprised that these are all crackers, but if they're games of all time, they've got to be pretty good. Okay, so my, my, my fourth one is Half-Life 2. Oh, yes. And this is, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure this would be on many, many, many people's top fives, at least top tens. Um, obviously, we're all looking forward to Half Life Three um, <laughs> when that, when that if comes that out. Ever materializes the the yeah the image in my head. I, I had actually I don't think I'd played Half Life One when I played it, but it was so vastly more cinematic a game than any other game at the time when it came out that yeah. that it beat the pants off them. The graphics were beautiful for the time, and I just remember the way that they had built interaction in that world. I remember so vividly the moment you step off, off the train at the start of that, and you have this huge screens of uh, G-Man talking down at you. Is it G-Man? Uh, must be... No, it's the scientist. I forget his name. The... G-Man does... He's the one that wakes you up. Oh, yeah. He puts he you on you the up. train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And and uh, anyway, the guy talking is talking down at you on the screens, and you're you're thrown into this world, which is like... Uh, kind of 1984 style. Um, you know there are there are these strange masked kind of cops everywhere. Oh, the combine. Forces, the combine, yeah, exactly. And the way the story plays out, and the, just the ridiculous places it takes you. Um, even though some of them don't work very well, I'm looking at you, Ravensholm, and the whole horror bit. At least it kind of brought a completely different mood into the game. Um. And the gravity gun, which was insane, and it, it was one of the first games to introduce proper physics into the game. And then the twist at the end was just well, I guess it wasn't really a twist, but 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 when when the gravity gun gets powered up at the end is absolutely absolutely phenomenal, very very cool, and just such good fun. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's still I I swear one of the most cinematic games. Yeah. Like you can play Uncharted and all that, but the the the, the kind of mechanics of that get old quite quickly. Mm. But kind of walking into that Half Life Two world is similar to what I felt when you're going in the the uh, cybercar in um in at the start of Cyberpunk. Mm. Like you are immersed. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, there you I go. agree. And now I, now I just want to go back and play it. I think I played it through a, a couple of times. Mechanically, it is fantastic, and you know, changed changed the game, as it were. Um, yeah. Obviously, a million mods were born from it as well. So. It's oh, just, and Counter Strike. Um, I mean, just just the mild yeah. thing of Counter Strike being off the back of it. And following on from Half Life, which was already amazing, but Half Life Two did what all 
proper sequel should do and it just built so it just became its own you know brilliant game in its own right rather than just a subpar sequel you know it really yeah. changed and pushed everything further the mechanics were so further evolved than in the first game and so further evolved compared to anything else out at the time uh, especially yes. considering it has some dated uh, um mechanics like uh, you know the silent protagonist which can really yeah. work and can really not work but then two games on our list have a silent protagonist so it's there's yeah. definitely still a place for it it's just really fascinating have you played uh, yeah. Half-Life Alex yet? No, I don't have any VR thing. Mm. I haven't either. I just I'm just curious. No, I, I would love to. Honestly, uh, you know, they've done a smart thing in in uh, make it the hero of Steam VR or whatever it's called. It's very I mean, yeah, really smart idea. Plus, I think they always said they weren't going to bring out sequels unless there was some kind of revolutionary jump. And the jump between Half-Life One and Two, you can see it. They've they added yeah. physics and things, so it does make sense that the jump to I know Alex isn't three, but you know jump to a new yeah, half well, it's game kind of is three D. So it's like oh okay, that's three D VR. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's three yeah, D. Yeah. It's a VR game, so the next jump will have to be monumentous. Oh god, the the story set up to that is so cool as well. Anyway, so so that's my that's my fourth one. There you go. So game... still, I mean, they're, they're still good. They're still good. <laughs> but that's, that's the deal with the top five, I guess. <laughs> These ones. So my game number four is technically. I was going to say technically two games. It is two games. It's two games. I couldn't decide okay. between these two because they are very formative in my mind. Link to the past and no, no, no different different series. So it is Fallout Two by Interplay. Okay. Uh, the post-nuclear RPG that everyone kind of yes. knows from Fallout 3 onwards, but Fallout 2 is absolutely amazing and was my favourite game ever for quite a long, 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 long time. It came out in 1998, I believe. And I remember that at the time I was new in the town I'd moved to and I remember having some, I don't know how I had some pocket money and I went to EB, Electronic Games. Yes. Yeah, or electronic on. boutique, sorry. And in the bargain bin, yeah, yeah. there was a game called Fallout. Oh I think it God. was like five pounds, and that's all I had. Right next to Zed and, <laughs> yes, and all it those was. ones. I did buy Zed another week. Amazing, but, um, perfect. I picked up Fallout 2, tried playing it, hated <laughs> it. It was a turn-based RPG, and I'd never played anything turn-based before. So yeah. absolutely despised it. Put it away, didn't think about it again for a couple of months, and then eventually I dug it out and gave it another chance. And the beginning of the game is kind of dross. You start off as uh, like a... Uh, you are the descendant of the character from the first game and you are like a sort of tribal in a village. And I was like, but this, hey. is, this is supposed to be sci-fi and there's supposed to be like guns and robots and you're in the future and stuff. But oh, that does come along. It's just the first place you start. You are far away from all that stuff. Anyway, brilliant writing, fantastic game, amazing, amazing RPG, total, total player choice there was a quest in, in a town that involved two warring mob families and i did a bunch of jobs for both of them this these two warring families and in the end i think i ended up sleeping with the sons and daughters of both families and then getting them framing one for the death of a, another family and basically i took all their money all their things framed each other for each other's murder and and oh then killed gosh. them all and it was brilliant and managed to get away with it it was so good and the other game that's uh, very similar, also an interplay RPG, is a game called Planescape Torment. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, for very similar reasons to Fallout. It's absolutely amazing writing. Um, this RPG is about a <laughs> amnesiac immortal being. So a guy wakes up in a mortuary in a, this crazy... I, I want to say fantasy setting, but it's not like Dungeons and Dragons fantasy. It's not like, you know, it's not a medieval setting. It is yeah, really yeah. fantasy. So like you'll you leave the the crematorium where you wake up, and then there's like uh, there's a floating skull that talks to you and follows you around. Is it like a kind of hellscape kind of yes, thing? Yes, and yeah, yeah. The, you know there'll be like a sort of dragon-like creature walking past, talking to you, and like there'll just be weird things happening constantly. But the game is so well written and it poses such amazing questions like what what can make the nature of a man you find out that you're immortal and you've lived thousands of times many lifetimes some of those lifetimes you've been good and benevolent some you've been evil and there are consequences to those lifetimes and you start mm. to remember things from those lifetimes which have effects and knock-on effects on what you do next and it's just so good uh, and it's basically saying you know with uh, an eternity of life what would you do with it and how many times would you've lived the things you would have done so good um yeah i can't can't get enough of that i i every now and again every few years i replay it and there was a sequel actually um to planescape torment uh it was planescape no sorry Joyride. it's not planescape Happiness. sorry it's torment um but oh, is that the Tides of Numenera thing? That's it. Thank you very much. Tides of Numenera, Torment, yeah. yes. Um, which has some similar themes. That's a sequel, but not really sequel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Planescape Torment and Fallout 2, just two very, yeah, very, so very cool. well-written, deep RPGs, both looking a little bit dated by today's standards, I have to say. They're sort of isometric and, yeah. you know, they, they're sprite-based, so they... Yeah, they don't look great. And there's a lot of reading to both of them. But really, really good, really smart, really inventive. So clever. Um, honestly made me the, the not just the gamer, but the person I am today and really affected my tastes. So, yeah, really good games. Uh, I, I've, I've never played either of those. I, I knew that Fallout 1 and 2 were supposed to be absolutely phenomenal. They are very good. I have friends who played a lot of them and uh, knew that particularly good for their writing and their choice. Yeah. Like when I got it, I, I only played from Fallout, 4, uh, Fallout 3, right? And Fallout 3, I think I played a good chunk of because it was basically, you know, Wasteland Skyrim. Yeah. It, like, oh, Wasteland Morrowind, right? And it's It was very much beyond the the shooty vat system or whatever they call it like it was very much the same kind of game um and that does not have th the same kind of wit and clever solutions to things that you have made the first one so famous yeah that's that's so why popular. a lot of fans aren't as the fallout series the franchise seems to be the reason fans don't like them as much is because with each iteration of the games from two yeah. onwards, they just strip out more of your dialogue, more of your options, more of your choice. So Fallout 2, you can literally do nearly anything. And then Fallout yeah. 3, you can be good, neutral, evil, or kind of psychotic. And then in <laughs> Fallout 4 and especially Fallout 76, all the dialogue options, there's like good, bad, and I don't know, could you repeat that? <laughs> and all of right. them lead to exactly the same thing. Like, yeah. as the games go on, you get less and less choice. The game becomes more linear, which is a shame because 
the worlds are becoming more vibrant and beautiful and you know everything becoming voice acted combat is getting better but the the story and the dialogue and the choices are getting stripped back more and more and more it's just such a shame yeah i might have to go back and try those then Okay, so my final one is different from all the others, but it has a very, very special place in my heart, which is Civilization Three. Oh wow! And this is, you know, the, you know, ex- uh, how do you call those games? Four X kind of expand whatever the other three X's is. Explore, blah 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 blah. You um, you start off as a civilization, you grow and. Uh, take over other lands and all this sort of stuff. Expand, explore, exploit, exterminate. Sure. Is that it? Yeah, apparently. Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Sorry. Well, either way, it's a strategy game. Uh, And, I mean, Civilization is classic. It's another series where the, the iterations have got slightly questionable in recent years, but they're still pretty good. But three was the golden one for me. It was still it was before it all went three D. Um, my brother and I spent many uh, evenings um, saying, "Okay, well, let's let's just boot it up and and have a little uh, play at like nine p.m." And we're there at six a.m. going, "Oh, actually, we should probably kind of go to work." Um, I, I still I still really like Civilization. I don't play it because it just takes so long. I don't play it play a lot of it. Um, but the three three was a golden one just because it was so so quick, still two uh, still two D, and you could rename all your towns and all this. And I part, uh, spent many many a uh, happy hour um, playing through that. That's a really and playing with my brother and sister, which is which is fun in itself. So that's my last one, Civ, Civ three. Oh, okay. I had to make it in there somehow. So. My last game, and this my list changed a lot, and this this one was a late entry, but I stand by it because it's the game really messed with Cats. my head. <laughs> Creatures. Hello Kitty Adventure Island. No, uh, <laughs> Soma. Uh, Soma Ooh. is a survival horror game, and I hate hate horror games. I'm not a fan of them. I'm, unfortunately, they just make me too nervous. I like horror elements in my games, but full-on horror games i'm just too much of a wuss and i freak out but please, please please can you somehow do a live stream of you playing soma or some or resident evil because i think you're playing resident evil a bit i, I have done did a bit. twitch uh, me playing resident evil 2 remake just before nate was born so um amazing that was cool that but, was when i was working but can you wear your that. new watch which measures your stress <laughs> yeah if i could i would get it to like come up on screen or something but yeah. i would definitely do it for soma because soma makes me absolutely poop from my pants uh it's by (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's by frictional games and it was released 2015 um how to explain this game it's it's a horror survival game based in a future where humanity is kind of gone and you sort of wake up in the future it starts with a guy in a in a car crash and he wakes up sort of he has a brain scan with this new technology that's never been tested and then the game he goes to bed and he wakes up and it's about uh i think it's the year like 21 something so he's jumped incredibly far in the future um so he's jumped really far in the future he's 
on this weird base and he can't find people and then he very quickly finds a robot and the robot is screaming out in pain and asking for his help and he says oh i think the first, one of the first things you say to him is like but you're a robot surely this doesn't hurt and the robot gets really angry at you and is calling you all the names under the sun is like just get help i'm not a robot can you not see my hands he he looks like a robot and he doesn't yeah. know he's a robot which is weird but as the i don't want to ruin too many things for you but as the game goes on you you find out that basically pretty much all well all humans are dead and there's this technology to digitize the human consciousness and when you put that human consciousness into a robot things happen they robots tend to go mental they tend to go crazy they tend to have accidents they tend to break down but they don't know why and it's quite cruel as well and yeah there's this ai going around just trying to keep everyone alive but keeping them alive isn't the same as living uh, because it has one mandate and that's to keep the human race going and right. so you find like that one point you find a body that's like got all these wires and things poking into it and it's basically a person who had an accident but the ai came along and just did so many patch jobs to keep them alive and they're not really in pain but they can't move or do anything or talk to anyone oh, God. but they're not allowed to die the machine will not let them and you're just going around and you have to make some really harrowing decisions. Like there's a again, there's areas you get to where it's like, okay, to get to the next area, you need a power core. Where's a power core? Oh, in that robot that was crying outside. So you have to go back to a robot and pull out its power core, which of course, it does kill it and also makes it freak out, and you feel guilt, and then use that power core to get to the next area. And there's more robots that think they're human, and you discover you're very much one of these robots, as well. But you have a reason that you're there, which, again, is another twist, which I won't explain why. But it's all about, you know, digitizing the human consciousness and what happens, because there's another thing later on that's involved in a twist. And I won't go into too much detail, but basically there's a point where you start to realize that a copy of a human consciousness, once you can copy that, um, you know, you can have two versions and they're not the same person anymore. They go divergent paths. So Ooh. to explain it, if I... If you copy someone's consciousness, you're not transferring it. It's not a one-way thing. Yeah. One of them is still there. So if I copied myself, there'd be two me's. And the second there's two of you, you divert. You're two different people now. Yeah. yeah. That comes into it as well. And it's fascinating. And it poses all these really deep sci-fi, almost wanky-sounding questions. But it does it in a really harrowing, messed-up way that gets my brain thinking and stops me sleeping but also the running away from monsters in the game makes my heart pound and my sphincter tighten or loosen or whichever way you want to look at it so the game just provokes so many very visceral reactions it's so it's again well written but for what it is as well which again like a horror kind of walk there's no combat really in it it's like a horror walking simulator type game but my god yeah. that doesn't do it justice it's so good and it's nightmare material for the ideas it puts in your head. Not for the monsters chasing you in the dark, which does happen. It's more for yeah. the ideas it puts in your head. Like, you know, if you woke up in a robot's body tomorrow, would you even know? Is there even a difference? If that robot, if you then come across another robot with the same copy of you inside it, like, is it, yeah. is it murder to kill it? it? Do you, if you copy it, what happens? Oh, I'm not explaining it well, but my God, it's, it's dark, it's really dark. I I I didn't know what that was what that was about. 
like the the I think I keep getting Soma confused with other ones because there are all, all sorts of like survivally horror things coming out at the, at the same time. Yes, and I think I kept thinking it was that weird. Oh no, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. But there there was a kind of top down stealthy kind of one where you can only use sound or oh. or, or things that make sounds make things visible. Anyway, um. That's fascinating. I might have to get that because it does keep cropping up and it's always like on sale on uh, on PlayStation. Yeah, it pops up on sale quite often. Um, and yeah, it's it's a deeply harrowing game. Don't expect a nice experience, but it's so it's it's really good because I was thinking about this and this game popped into my head the other day and I, I played it for quite a bit and I never completed it. I watched a let's play to finish it, but I oh wish goodness. I hadn't. But at the same time, like some of the tense moments were getting too much for me because I'm such a worse for horror games. Um, but I had to know what happened and I had to know the story and the story was so good. So that's... Uh... Yeah, that's that's our each of our top fives with a few tangents that's, locked that's in. Very solid. That very very solid. I'd say I'm also very good. happy with your choices. Yeah. Not not as a judgment thing, but as like a, <laughs> I'm sorry that sounds. What really if I'd strange. have picked like? I'm just like they're all fascinating because you got Disco Elysium. So I haven't played Disco Elysium, yep. but I did get it. I haven't played Fallout Two and Planescape, but you know. Um, I'm very tempted to get those because Fallout 2 is again it's another one from from my youth that um um uh that I never played but always heard amazing things about and it's again that thing about player choice like there's a very there's a there's a huge thread of that throughout your throughout your choices yeah I guess there is yeah they're, they're all highly 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 interactive and really sort of open actually Soma's the only one that's that diverts from dark, there's no actually. there's no choice in that which is part of the right, horror yeah. of it that's the only one that's very um linear the others however yeah. and there are choices in soma there's just they're just not as many and they're not as i wouldn't even say choices again i'd, I'd use that word consequences <laughs> yes 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 but, um yeah i was interested by yours i love the fact we both picked breath of the wild <laughs> oh i mean obviously Obviously, but it, it had to be in it's there. It's interesting because you know people are always wondering, you know, when are Nintendo going to call it a day? Are they out for the count? You know, every now and again there's an article going, oh, Nintendo can't keep up with Xbox and PlayStation, and then, but they're still bringing out absolute bangers like this. I mean, Breath of the Wild Two is coming probably this year. So, yeah, maybe just. Yeah, <laughs> from what I hear, it's uh, end of year somewhere roundabouts. So. And apparently it's taking a lot of cues from things like Majora's Mask in the sense that it's going to be very dark. And Majora's Mask is one of my favourites as well because it's dark. Majora's and Mask was so good. Oh, yes. See, agree. It, it was, very nearly it made so it on the left list. Field. Yes. yes, yes, likewise. Um, so, yeah, apparently they say it's going to be... as They said it was going to be darker than Majora's Mask, but I don't believe that for a second. Um, but, but a dark version of Breath of the Wild, I'm 100% up for Oh yeah, that could be fun. 
Yeah, maybe be. they'll find something that isn't Ganon as well to uh, to be the nemesis. Have you seen the trailer? Oh no, it's Ganondorf. It is, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry, it's mummified Ganondorf. Well, but there are there are also some really. So I, I watch a lot of theory videos about it, like what Ganon's doing there, why he's there, how the Sheikah technology works, the fact that, that you've got this like essentially magic technology that seems to have limitless power. Maybe that comes from somewhere or someone. Right. So really cool. Like some really cool That's ideas. That's fun. Yeah. So very much looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and that's that's the only game that they've got this year. I uh, don't know. We'll see. Well, uh, I can speculate. Are they finally going to do Metroid Prime? I can speculate because I have signed no NDAs from Nintendo uh, recently. So okay, there may be a Metroid collection on the way. So, Interesting. Uh, of, the, of the Wii games. Um, oh, right, so the 3D ones. Yep. Oh, well, and me- there might be others as well, but uh, from what I hear, it's the 3D ones. Uh, and also, it's Zelda's 35th anniversary as well this year. Oh, so there's thoughts that there's going to be a collection including things like Wind Waker. Apparently, Ocarina will be uh, will get a HD remaster and will be separately released from the 35-year anniversary collection. But then, do you, do you remember? Do you remember that image that they released? Um, I think to advertise the GameCube or to tell people that the GameCube was coming, mm. which was Zelda in 3D. Yeah. Yeah, and they never then made that that Zelda game. No, wasn't with it part those of kind a, of graphics? Yeah, wasn't it part of a, some graphical test or something? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like it was like the hundred Mario's thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there was this, but in the end, uh, I, people liked it so much that like Twilight Princess got made. Yes, which was looks very similar to that. It does look very similar to that. But, but people were but pissed I because still they like saw the that, updated that version of that. And then Wind Waker came out, which is very visually. Yeah, very different. And fans very were different. livid. And at the time, I I think I'd, uh, I think that was round about the time I stopped being a Nintendo person. Um, <gasps> yeah, there was a point just, in my life. Just for that picture. <laughs> no, not for. That. I um, I owned a Game Boy. I owned a NES. My brother owned a SNES, and I owned a Game Boy, and several iterations of Game Boy. And then I stopped until I was in my first year of uni, and then I got a DS. So I never had a. I played the N64 quite a bit because the friends had them. Never really played the GameCube much and didn't play the Wii. I played a little bit of the Wii and didn't get the Wii U. And I now own a Wii as well. So, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I forgot you got that recently. Yeah, I love it. I got some new games for it recently. I got Bully, which I felt like playing Bully. Instead of getting it on... I already have it on Steam, actually. Instead of getting it for the Xbox or anything, I was like, I'm going to find it on eBay for like £3, which I did. Uh, we, we tried playing Card on Wii once, and it was not a good experience. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't, I don't recommend that. No, I can't imagine it would be. I, I've, I remember playing Card on the DS, and it was terrible. Uh, so awful. They are not made for any kind of precision or fast shooting nope the, the worst is turning your head because you're just kind of pushing the remote this way and going <laughs> just leisurely it's, swinging it's, your head around podcast is a very visual medium <laughs> um i was turning my head very slowly uh oh, that's cool okay well well i guess we'll we're gonna have to do an inti an inti podcast an inti special definitely at, uh, agree with you there at some point maybe, maybe that can be the next one 
uh, I'll have to say that'd be quite cool. So those are our uh, those are our top five games. But uh, if you're if you listening have a top five that you'd like us to to talk about, let us know. Let us know uh, on our Twitter at xdrive megabox. Nice and simple. We've got Instagram as well at, at xdrive megabox, oh. and I think we've got email as well. Oh which yes, is we do. Xdrive megabox at gmail So swish, absolutely. Lovely. Very consistent as well. Like very long, but very consistent. <laughs> Bizarrely, people haven't. Title of your sex tape. Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Please, uh, yeah, send us send us uh, your top five games, and we'll we'll we might do an episode where we come back to best games of all time and we'll talk through other people's choices that'd be quite a nice one to do um, yeah, that'd be cool that'd be very nice yeah and uh yeah like i said we might do nintendo for our next episode but also if you want send us some episode ideas if there's anything you want to hear about maybe we'll we'll have a a little chat a little natter about it uh yes and yeah i guess that's uh I guess that's, that's it. I guess that's it. Oh yeah. my goodness! Unless we, there's we, anything we, else you'd we, like to say, I mean, if you want to, if you want to follow either of us, we we live on Twitter as well. Uh, mine is at Jimography. J Y M O G R A P H Y. God, did I do that right? And I'm also uh, I write articles for the Mirror. So that's mirror.com forward slash authors forward slash James hyphen eyed. My God, that's long winded. You could just Google, you could just Google my name. Just Google that, that's how, that's literally how I do it. Or if I have to send it to a PR. Brilliant. I'm at MSDQ, which are oh, random letters. That's but so short and punchy. Initials. though. That's so good. There you go. Four letters. I'm definitely I was changing on Twitter. my Twitter. I'm definitely changing it soon. <laughs>